Well, we have been blessed through so much music of the bells and the piano and the choir, the children singing. <clears throat> I'm like, Lord, what should I preach? We have already been blessed. <laughs> but I prepared my message, so I'm going to preach. <laughs> I was telling in the early, early service, uh, as you enter the church, we have a marquee where it says the title of the sermon and who is preaching. So this week, I usually don't pay attention, but this week I pay attention. Every time I pulled in, it said repent. So it was a message for me. But I believe it's a message for all of us. Repent and believe the gospel. And uh, we thank God for the beautifully sung. He touched me. And I also want to share that, friends, we all need the touch of Jesus. You know, there's a lot of touch we receive, but there is a touch that makes a difference. And it is the touch of Jesus. And I pray that this service, we will experience that wonderful, wonderful touch that makes a difference in our lives. So, for the next few weeks, we're going to be in our Lenten series. We begin with Ash Wednesday, the series of Lent, which is a time when we draw closer to the Lord. We repent of our sins. We open our heart. And we experience the transforming presence of God changing us, forming us, and drawing us closer. Today's message is, is repent and believe the gospel. We will be focusing on the words of Jesus. There are a lot of words we should listen to, but I believe we should pay attention to the words of Jesus. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to focus on the words of Jesus. The first word is repent and believe. Next Sunday's message will be watch and pray. It is one of the prayers that Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before he is to be arrested. And so those are words of Jesus. Then we will hear a message of when you fast. We will be talking about fasting and prayer and how that impacts our Christian life. And then Pastor McNellis will preach a message on loving God and loving our neighbor. And on March 17th, we will conclude with the message, blessed are the pure in heart. So we encourage everybody to to be here at the same time, same place, in person or online, and be connected to God's Word. Amen. Hear God's Word this morning from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. I read this last week, but I want to uh, mention that again. Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we come humbly before you once again. We have gathered here, Lord, to hear your words, your words that gives us life, your words that gives us peace, 
your words that gives us joy and comfort, Lord, and even convicts us when we are going in a different direction. God, we pray that you will speak to us once again. Lord, would you hide me behind that cross of Calvary, that it will not be myself preaching, it may not be my thoughts, but it will be words straight from the throne of grace. God, we just pray that you will speak to all of us. So come, Holy Spirit, come. You are welcome in this church. You are welcome in this time of preaching. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Repent and believe the gospel. Now when we hear the word repent, it's not something we, we use that in our normal conversation, right? It's not something our culture likes to hear, repent. It's not something we hear from the pulpit, repent. But Jesus' first public words when he was in the wilderness and throughout his ministry, one of the first words that he preached, that he came, was to repent and believe the gospel. Oftentimes, we will think about the word repent. We'll see, we hear about people on a corner of a, of a street with microphones saying, repent and believe. And that kind of puts people off. You really don't want to hear that. But you know, I, I want to, as I was preparing this message, this word repent and believe is really not a bad thing. It's actually, it is out of love and compassion that Jesus speaks to each one of us today, and he says, repent and believe the gospel. Now, this word is not just for people outside the church, but I believe this is a message also for each one of us that is within the church, that has been part of this church, and this is a message that God speaks to each one of us, all of us. What does this scripture have to do with us this morning, repent and believe the gospel. Jesus preached and talked a lot about repentance. In the gospel of Luke 5 and 32, he says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In the gospel of Mark chapter 6 and verse 12, Jesus is sending out his disciples and he gives them a message. And the message is that they went out and preached that people should repent. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not slow, slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, what is repentance? I was studying, and I was applying a lot of this in my own life. What is repentance? In the New Testament, the word repentance comes out of Greek word metanoia, which means a change of mind, a change of living, a change that happens within the heart of an individual. So there is an inward change. In the Old Testament, when we, when we read the word re repent or return, the Old Testament talks about the word repent means to turn back to return. So it, it is repentance truly is a, is, is, a, is a change that happens within us, and then it changes our external actions and it's our behavior. Repentance is inward and outward change. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, wrote this about repentance. Repentance is to leave the sins we loved before 
and show that we in earnest grieve by doing so no more. There has to be a change. This season of Lent is a personal invitation from Jesus to all of us to return to Jesus with all our Repentance is to return to Jesus with all our heart. Now, I want to read from prophet Joel, Joel chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, and I believe this is a word for each one of us this morning. The scripture says, yet even now, that means today at this moment, yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. This morning, friends, God is called giving each one of us a personal invitation to return to Him with all our heart. Return, the scripture says, return to me, return to Jesus with all our heart. And then it says also that, that rend your hearts and not your clothing. In the Old Testament, when, when someone was repenting or they were, uh, they were not happy with how they were living, they would, they would tear their clothes as a sign of grief, as a sign of sorrow, as a sign of, of coming back to God. And, and they would tear their clothes. But what God is saying, He said, I'm not so much interested in, in the tearing of clothes as much I am interested in, in a heart that is torn, a heart that is broken, a heart that, is, that, is, that, is, that says, the Lord, I need your grace. I am in need of your grace and your forgiveness, O oh God, because you are the one that can really heal my broken heart. In the book of Psalm chapter 51, we read about a man of God. The Bible says that David was a man after God's heart. That means he had been a, and he had walked with God for many, many years, yet in his life, he committed sin. He committed the sin of adultery. And out of that, he writes out of this broken heart. He rends his heart, the Bible says. He rends his heart and he repents one of the greatest psalms written in the Bible. And that is Psalm 51. And he's repenting of his sin. A man who had walked with God. Yet, he fell short. In Psalm 51, and verse 10 and 11, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And put your right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of salvation. In Psalm 51 and 17 he says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. God is calling all of us to examine our heart. And he says, I'm not so concerned about your outer garment. I am concerned about truly coming to me and receiving my forgiveness. Now, as I was preparing, I was asking this question, why do we need to repent? Why do we need to repent? The Bible says in Isaiah 53 and 6, we all like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us 
has turned to our way. That is within the church and even outside. We all have gone astray. It may be different for different people. But I believe it's very important during this season of Lent. We need to reflect how we have gone astray. The things that were important to us are not important to us anymore. The things that we loved as we served God are not the same as it used to be. If, if, if you are on the right path, that's great. But many of us, including myself, have strayed away from the ways of God. And He's giving us a personal invitation today to return to Him. What must we return to? Number one, we must return to Jesus from our selfish ways. We must return to Jesus from our selfish ways. A lot of the times our eye gets in the way, whether it is individually, as a Christian, as a family, as a church. We live in a world of I, iPad, iPhone, I don't know what all other eyes are there. But a lot of times, the eye gets in the way of what God wants to do in your life. God is trying to reach you and say, God, no, I got to do this. I want to do this, Lord. And the Bible is full of stories of people. And I believe our lives are very similar because a lot of the times, our eye gets in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. Apostle Paul, the great man of God, he, was, he, he used to be a persecutor of the church, and he wanted to do what he wanted to do until he encountered Christ. And God changed his life in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. And then he says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. From me. Christ became the center of Paul's life, and he wrote most of the New Testament that we read. Secondly, we must return to Jesus not only from our selfish ways, but we must return to Jesus from our self-righteousness. From our self-righteousness. We all are in need of God's grace. We all must come before God and say, God, forgive me, a sinner. The Bible talks about a wonderful uh, description of a Pharisee who was a teacher of the law. There is a Pharisee who was a teacher, and then there is a tax collector who go to the synagogue to pray. And it's interesting how these two men pray. Pharisee was the teacher. He was leaders in there, and they thought they were doing everything. He was like the great church leader. He was following the law. He was doing everything that was right. But really, their hearts were not right with God. Listen to this scripture in Luke 18, 9 to 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all that I get. 
But listen to how the tax collector prayed. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he would beat his breast and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Isn't that powerful? God, have mercy on me. Truly coming for a, a change of heart. I tell you this, that this man, rather than the other man, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. We must return to the Lord. Also, friends, I want to share with you that we must return to our first love, Jesus Christ. This season of Advent, this season of Lent, is a season to return to our first love. In the book of Revelation, God is speaking to seven churches. And almost like God is looking in, looking in the life of every church. And he speaks to the church in Ephesus. Now, this church was doing everything good. But then God said something to them. I want to read that from Revelation 2, 3, and 4. You have persevered and you have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet, God says, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Isn't that powerful? Repent to our first love. This morning, friends, we need to repent to our first love, Jesus, with all our heart, soul, and mind. You know, when Jesus says repent and believe, it is, it is not like a, a forceful thing, but it is out of love. He's inviting us. Repent to our first love. Then after we repent, the scripture says, believe. I believe in a lot of things. We believe in a lot of people. But what do we believe in? The word believe comes from a Greek word, pistio, which means to have faith in, to, faith, to have faith upon, to have a faith in a person, to entrust, to commit, to put our trust in. To, to, for us as believers, to believe means to have confidence in the person of Jesus Christ, to believe in the gospel. The word gospel simply means good news. So when we say we believe in Jesus, we believe in the gospel that Jesus Christ died for and that he rose again. To believe. The, one of the greatest scriptures that we all remember by heart is John chapter 3, verse 16. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in who? In his name, should not perish but have eternal life. In the book of Romans chapter 10, 9, and 11 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Repent is to return, and then the next action is to believe in Jesus. Now, why do we believe in the good news of Jesus? I just want to share a few thoughts. Number one, the good news, the gospel described that good news in the power of Jesus Christ to save us. You see, friends, we, 
we turn from our sins and we believe in Jesus because Jesus gives us the power. Power to live a faithful life. Power to overcome sin and temptation. Power to live a victorious life. We must stand on something. We must, we must hold on to something, and that is to believe in the good news that Jesus came into this world so that we may have power to live a victorious life. The Bible says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to, for salvation for everyone who believes. Is everyone still with me? Friends, this is a message that God has, has given to, to, to me for all of us, including myself. Believe in Jesus because he gives us the power. Secondly, it is good news when we repent. It is good news because the, the gospel is also good news of experiencing the forgiveness of sins. Jesus Christ gives us forgiveness of sins. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9 that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. Friends, we have the gospel, this good news. That means that we no longer have to live in our guilt and our shame. We can receive forgiveness. We can receive deep cleansing for our sins. And we can begin a new life. In Jesus. Isn't that powerful? That's why when we look at the cross, when we look at the cross, we, we, we think about the death of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ that reminds that it is through Jesus Christ. When his blood was shed, we receive the forgiveness of sins. We don't have to live in our guilt and shame. We, we sang the song a few minutes ago, no guilt or shame. This is the power of Christ in me. Isn't that powerful? The world is looking for something that can change them, that can bring them from the death of sin and give them life. Friends, friend, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. That's the power of the resurrection that Jesus brings into a life of a believer. That's why we believe not just in any person. We believe in Jesus Christ. And lastly, I'm almost done. Just stay with me. I want to share this because the Lord has given me. And lastly, it is the good news. It is the good news of the amazing grace and the love of Jesus to transform us from the inside out. That's why it's the good news. Everywhere we look, we hear bad news. But Jesus came to offer us good news. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have gone. Behold, new things have come. The Bible is full of stories, full of life examples of the people that received the good news of Jesus. I'm just going to share a few of them. Apostle Paul, as I shared earlier, who wrote most of the New Testament today, and his writing still impacts the church of Jesus Christ all over the world. Before Paul became a Christian, he was a persecutor. He was arresting people. He was doing everything that was against God until he encountered Jesus. 
And Jesus changed him from the inside out and made him the greatest proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus. Can you imagine someone who was persecuting Christian now is willing to die for living for Jesus? That's the power of the gospel. And he writes, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The second person in the Bible that we see how the gospel changed their life is Peter. Now, Peter was a faithful Christian. He, he walked with Jesus. He saw Jesus perform miracles. He saw Jesus perform healing. Yet, when it was time for him to stand for Jesus, he denied him three times. Oh, I don't know this person, Jesus. I have nothing to do with him. And Jesus said the third time, the rooster will crow and you will know, Peter, that you have denied me. And Jesus, after his resurrection, comes back to Peter and he tells Peter, Peter, do you love me? Three times Jesus asked him, do you love me? And the third time when Peter said, Lord, I love you, he remembered and, and he repented of his sins. And you know what God did with Peter? Peter became the leader in the book of Acts. When he preached, I guess his very first sermon, out of that transformation, when he preached, 3,000 people came to Christ when he preached. Something had happened in a person who had walked with Jesus all his life but had not experienced the transformation. But something happened when, when something happened inside of him because he truly repented of his sins. John Newton wrote the song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. This song has touched the world. But John Newton was not living for God until he came to Christ. And God changed his life. And let me close. Charles Wesley was the brother of John Wesley who were greatly used by God to spread the Methodist movement in England. God used them to bring revival in England. Now, Charles and John Wesley had grown up in Christian home. They, they, they kind of knew about God, but really, that was, it was not something that they, have, they had, had experienced in their heart. They even came as missionary to Georgia. They were not very successful. And then they went back to England, John and Charles, and they were in a Bible study. And in that Bible study, they finally experienced a change of heart. After that experience, Charles Wesley wrote almost 6,000 hymns. Now, this is a person that had walked with God, but really did not have a relationship, had not had a conversion experience. Can it be possible that we can be coming to church but have never really trusted in Christ, have experienced that experience that only God can bring. He wrote this hymn, And Can It Be? And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued. And then he writes, after his conversion, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me. The death of Jesus became personal to him. Then he writes, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. 
And then he writes, my chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Isn't that powerful? And since that conversion, God used Charles and Charles Wesley as the Spirit of God moved over the country of England and spread all over the world because the heart was truly changed. Repentance had taken place. And that's something God wants to do to us. So how will we respond to the invitation of Jesus to repent and believe? We can choose to ignore it. Everything is okay with my life. Or this morning, or this day when we go home, said, Lord Jesus, I want to return to you wholeheartedly. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's what the season of Lent is. Have mercy on me, a sinner. And Lord Jesus, I put my complete trust in you. Isn't that powerful, God? May God's Holy Spirit do a conversion in our heart. And our lives are never the same. We are more than a Christian. We are a disciple and a follower of Jesus that will be used of God to bring revival in our community, in our family, in our nation. Lord, we thank you for speaking to us this morning. We humble ourselves, Lord. We repent of our self-righteousness. We repent of our pride. We repent of our ego. We repent where everything is okay with me and we don't need God's grace. But God, we come running to seek you. We come running with a broken heart this morning. We come running just like Charles and John Wesley experienced that Touch, O oh God, where his heart was strangely warmed. And after living a, such a Christian life, long life, he finally said, John Wesley said, I do trust in Christ alone for my salvation. O oh Lord, we want to draw close to you during this season. We, our hearts are open, our minds are open. Come, Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen and amen.